This is Scott Fishman with Anthroposophy Today. In this episode, Sarita and I discuss how the fourth grade meets the vigorous, energetic 10-year-old students who are ready to learn about the world. We discuss the importance of the seven-year rhythms as described in Anthroposophy and how this guides the teacher. Norse myths and sagas are introduced to the children as they seek heroes to relate to. And with these sagas come the accompanying tales of evil and darkness and complex characters. We discuss how Waldorf doesn't follow a curriculum in the common sense, but sees the child as the curriculum and what that means. Sarita explains how the fourth graders innate reverence for the earth and the natural world blossoms by studying animals such as the beaver, the great architect of the natural world. We discuss map making and fractions, the newly discovered beauty of writing, along with the exquisite quilt making that was a part of the fourth grades we experienced ourselves. Thanks for joining us. If you have any questions or comments on the episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at anthroposophytodaypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like more information, you can check out our blog post for this or any of our other episodes at www.anthroposophytoday.com. of education, fourth and fifth grade, mm. are uh, considered the heart of education, mm. you know, in, in, in mm. world of pedagogy. And um, this is uh, the time uh, that education is at a midpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, the transition from early childhood sort of has finished and puberty has not started yet. So it's a mi- midpoint. Mm. There is also a midpoint because if a teacher, as most uh, teachers in Waldorf education go from first grade to eighth grade, mm-hmm. they go together with their class, that will be also the midpoint. Yeah, okay. Um, so in that yeah. sense, it's also considered the midpoint. And it is uh, also the midpoint in the sense that it is the second seven-year period. The uh, second, the second midpoint year. of the seven-year period. So, so the first... Year, you know, in, in world of education, as you know, um, we follow um, the seven periods of life. Mm-hmm. You know, zero to seven is one period. Then seven to 14, the second period. Mm-hmm. 14 to 21, the mm-hmm. third period. And we go on like that. And this is based on um, a anthroposophy, you mm-hmm. know, the studies of anthroposophy and uh, human development, and mm-hmm. that's what we, we follow. Um, and uh, according to Steiner, there are these seven years of life that goes until the human being dies, mm-hmm. you know, and one will say, wait, 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 wait a minute. So we, we keep growing until we die, mm-hmm. whether we die when we're hand, 100. And he will say yes, because yeah. there is different kinds of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, at a certain point, uh, the body, um, actually the body never stops growing. We grow in different ways because we always are transforming ourselves. Well, ourselves. the body or the... Well, the soul. The and soul. The, yeah, the soul. the body doesn't keep 
growing? Well, it grows in a different way, I was mm. going to say, in the micro level, in the sense that we are always regenerating. Yeah, right. We're always right. developing. Sure. We're always cure, can cure ourselves in mm. different ways. Yeah, okay. um, you know, in cycles. Mm. You know, that's where you sometimes see people who miraculously uh, heal themselves yeah. or have cured themselves from horrible illnesses mm -hmm. or, or, or terrible accidents mm -hmm. that the medical establishment cannot even explain. Yeah, right. Is because at the micro level of the cells, we are regenerating yeah, right. in different levels. So that's what I meant when I said yeah, and isn't we that what, keep what we say that every seven years your skin completely replaces? Yeah, I don't know if it's and they magic are different. seven again or not, but you know. <laughs> yeah, they're different. Um, uh, organs and different yeah. uh, parts of the body that have those cycles mm -hmm. and um, different cells. Mm. You know, all of that. We can talk in another. Yeah. So, another. Then, so then, fourth and fifth grade is the midpoint in the second seven-year exactly section of the periods of life. Right. So, so the, the first kids is, at fourth or fifth grade are how old, more or less? They're usually ten and eleven, 10 and 11. Uh, respectively. Yeah, so ten. Right. So seven. You know, some plus of them three may, and a half. Yeah, kind some of, of them gotcha. may enter at okay. nine, and then okay. uh, in the year they will turn ten. Mm -hmm. uh, some enter already fourth grade at ten years old, depending mm -hmm. on their birthday, uh, and the fifth grade is when they are eleven. Mm -hmm. So that you know, and they usually um, we usually see this group uh, fourth and fifth, like I said, not as together because they're different, mm -hmm. but they're called midpoint because there are these two grades that are um, the mid, and that's what I was mm -hmm. saying, the midpoint in many, many respects, not mm -hmm. just, um, and that's what they're seeing as the heart of childhood. So as I was saying, you know, these are, um, there are these seven periods of um, life uh, where there are many developments happening in the body, soul, and the spirit, and the seven uh, years um, are also considered in the education. They come from the study of anthroposophy and the human development, according to Steiner, but we use this in, in world of education because we see the development in, in, this, in these seven years. A lot mm -hmm. of things are happening. Mm -hmm. um, so the children are in fourth grade are uh, very strong, very active, and very, um, they have a very strong vi vigor about them. Bigger. Bigger. Yeah. Bigger. And uh, they're very eager to learn about the things around that surround them and about the world. Very interested. They're very awake yeah, in okay. a way. Whereas in mm -hmm. third grade, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're awake. They're, they're, they're waking yeah, right. up in a way. They're mm -hmm. more aware of things, mm -hmm. but not as the, the fourth grade. Tenth mm -hmm. grade, you can see very lively and uh, tons tenth of energy. Grade? Did you just say tenth grade? No, the tenth, the tenth year old, sorry. Ten year old. Ten year old. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Very. Um, Boisterous, a lot mm -hmm. of energy. So, as this is the type of um, child that you're having, and of course, it differs a little bit depending on the child and depending on the temperament, of course. But in general, I'm talking. This is the energy that is in the classroom mm -hmm. or in the the house if you are a homeschooling parent. Mm -hmm. So, this is very important because you need to take into consideration um, what to do. You yeah. know, because you cannot yeah. do the same things that you do with a third grader or a yeah, second grader. Right. And also, so everything, as we spoke before, is um, every, every gray is taking into consideration what's really happening at the soul level of the child, at the physical development of the child. Uh, so the, the uh, 
guidelines that are developed for gray um, depends on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, here I'm going to interject a little bit and just say that, just to clarify, I'm not so sure that I have said this before, but I think it's important to bring it up now, okay. which um, world of education is not really a curriculum-based education. Uh -huh. uh, many times I hear people saying, what is a curriculum? Do you have a curriculum and things like that? And uh, yeah, some things could be, de could be developed. You know, we have a lot of incredible people who have worked under Steiner or um, study anthroposophies who have studied or worked for so many years as teachers, and they have developed different things that really help the, the teacher. Mm -hmm. But um, their guidelines and yeah, their right, things that right. they can give you ideas and they can give you examples of the, what, they, what they have done and lessons that they have created so that you can really see, ooh, Mm -hmm. Wow, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. I can replicate something similar, but that is different. Mm -hmm. So that's very important to clarify yeah, yeah, yeah. that it is not a curriculum base. And Steiner never gave a curriculum. What yeah. he gave was um, a, high, a guidance that will serve us as umbrellas for each grade. And he will teach us, he will teach us the teachers and I would say even though I never met a Steiner and Steiner died way, way before I I was born even mm -hmm. um, he uh, his his teachings live on and long because um, on and on because they um, amazingly be you know they it feels like they, that you are that they apply to any age yeah that any yeah. age that we are in no age of the right, person's right, right, age, but right. I, I, like you're just like, wow, this is like so mm -hmm. modern. And yeah. that's the beauty of what he taught and what he gave us because it, it is no curriculum and it's no, it's no based on yeah. uh, the age that we're in as a society or as a, as a societal, I mean, in the world society, but more is based on uh, a spiritual base. So yeah. it grows, it is something very deep that can, it, mm. can be applied to any uh, societal age or any societal um, society around the world. That's why there are so many schools growing in uh, around the world. Uh, I, and I just say not only Walder schools, because there are homeschoolers who are following Waldorf education around the world, because you can adapt this to any, any, any um, culture, any traditions, um, any, mm -hmm. because is not based on any of that. It's based on human development. It's mm -hmm. based on um, things that are not, um, that can develop with mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so um, I just wanted to interject that, inf I mean, to include that information because I usually come across that question that people wonder, what is a curriculum? What kind of curriculum is that? And it is not curriculum based. Yeah, that's something that's, um very hard to explain sometimes um, if you haven't really experienced it, uh, that we're talking about indications, guidelines given by Dr. Steiner um, about the human being, how he or she develops, and the the both the physical body, but also the, the more subtle bodies, the soul and the spirit and the etheric body. And that if you understand those, then you can, you can look fresh at 
a human being as opposed to a curriculum, which is a little more rigid and says, okay, you're seven, so therefore we do this. Obviously, you know, as you were alluding to, when they're seven, more or less, you are doing sort of things that are similar. And he also said the child is a curriculum. So Mm. it, it is the child who will tell you what needs to happen. So mm. when you are in a classroom, of course, of 40 children or 30 children, you can individually teach each one, but that's what the umbrella of the the uh, activities or guidelines that mm-hmm. he gave us, right. because it, it it doesn't matter if you the child is a, a, a genius or the child has some learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter because they are going through the same periods of development inside them, mm-hmm. you know, through their body, their physical body, and through their soul. Mm-hmm. No matter what uh, is a level of talent they have. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what I mean when I say the child is the curriculum. And you can use the umbrella that he gave us with all the guidelines and indications, and you can shift it to different children in the class. Mm-hmm. And of course, these uh, is helpful and a master of the teacher in the sense that um, some teachers do it better than others, you know. But in general, if you're a good teacher and your heart is in the right place, like he said also, uh, Dr. Seiner said, doesn't matter what you say. Mm. They, what's important is who you are. Yeah, right. So if you mm. develop who you are, yeah. that is what matters. So that doesn't mean that you're not going to prepare it. <laughs> you're not going to be yeah, because otherwise you have chaos like, yeah. in the house, in the classroom. But yeah. if you really, and then he kept, he said it so many times, um, and that goes into, which we will do another podcast on that, but that goes into the inner work of the teacher yeah. or the parent who, if the parent is the homeschooler, you know, uh, it is so key for anything. Mm. Um, and it doesn't, of course he says, oh my gosh, this is so awful because it puts all the responsibility on you. Yeah. Yeah. It puts a responsibility in in the teacher, whoever the teacher is. However, is a wonderful partnership with your class, whether yeah. they are your students or your children that are also your students. Mm. You know? Yeah. So anyway, so just a little bit to to just finish that piece is that um the teacher will and I think I spoke a little bit about that in a in a previous podcast, but just um, just to bring it again, is that it, what is important is that the teacher, um, they study, prepare for the blocks, because as we talk, this is a world mm-hmm. of that blocks of three to four weeks, maybe mm-hmm. five weeks sometimes, of very concentrated studies in all the grades from first grade through 12. Mm-hmm. And the teacher uh, in the grade school in a way, you have to become a master for three or four weeks of something yeah, that you right. need to teach. Right. So the teacher studies all of that. They digest what they have studied, and then they bring it to the to mm-hmm. the class, um, to the you know the, the lessons for the children already digested by the teacher in a very artistic way. And yeah. that's where the indications of Steiner help. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. So, anyways, just to continue and pick up uh, again with fourth grade. Um, the studies for this year um, focus on these new abilities that I spoke. You know, new vigor, a lot of strength, a lot of energy. So all the activities that are 
um, let's say, um, done on this gray are based on that mm -hmm. to, to lots of work. They need a lot of work. Mm -hmm. um, however, also it's important to say that I have come across people that feel that because they, there is a lot of work that needs to be done, you over is 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 overload the children mm. with with mindless work. Yeah. That's okay. not what I mean when I said tons of work. Yeah, it's okay. just meaningful work. Yeah. And always will be meaningful no matter what great you course. are. Right. But these kids are really energetic. So they're like little ants. They need to be like work, 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 work. Mm -hmm. But they um they get inspired with things that are meaningful that touch them. And then they you have you, you don't have to fight them for anything. They just mm -hmm. go. Because for example, in, what do you mean? Like, well, I mean, uh, we'll we'll get to yeah, that. Okay, there is so okay, much stuff okay, that we yeah, do okay. in okay. this particular grade that um that fits that energy, that mm -hmm. sort of thing that will say, "Can I have more? Can I have more? What else can we do?" God, I mean, yeah, you okay. you may remember okay. our daughter and our son at this age. Mm -hmm. You know, they were just like you could say insatiable. They had yeah. to always be yeah. giving things. Yeah. So the curriculum would serve, but um. One of the things you actually ask, what is the stage or that? What mm -hmm. is the uh, level? So the stories that are given on this year are uh, the North stories. Mm -hmm. uh, they are again, as, as I use this language, and I used to say umbrella because that's how I see it. That's the image. It's not particular that you teach only those uh, lessons. I mean, those stories. But these are the stories that were recommended for this age because um, there is a lot of personalities, a lot of multiplicity of personalities with the uh, North gods. And the stories are amazing. I mean, I am, my background is no Nordic. My, mm -hmm. my background is from mm -hmm. the South. Mm -hmm. And even I, when I was in Ecuador, we learned these stories mm -hmm. and we read our books and I loved them. Yeah, the sure. Thor and Loki and mm. all the... Because these are archetypal um, yeah. stories, again. They're archetypal things that, even if you come from a totally different society, it meets something in you. So um, this multiplicity of personalities contribute to the social whole. You know, they're like all of these chaos in a way, but they contribute to the social whole. And we can also experience through these stories the concrete feeling of evil and darkness. Uh, no, uh, no, like other stories before. That's when it starts, and this is important because they have to sort of feel like, for example, if you have, I mean, have you read stories of the North Gods? Mm, yes. Sure. So, like Loki, for example, mm. what a, a, an amazing mm -hmm. uh, archetype. Mm -hmm. I mean, mischievous mm. and clever, and mm. so in a way enchanting. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand. So wicked mm -hmm. that is right. he, 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 right. like freezes you sometimes, yeah. but at the same time you don't hate him right. because there's something about him that you want to. Oh, it makes you feel that way inside, mm -hmm. and the children feel that. Mm -hmm. And then you have Thor. Oh my gosh, he's so much strength, so much power, but at the same time he's so brutal sometimes. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, right. so they go through yeah. all of these. Right. You know, and they you could see them. They're just like they lit up with these stories. Mm. So, so these are again the umbrella stories for this year. 
And this is the age also of the hero worship, mm -hmm. worshiping in a way. And many students find like a modern uh, stories like Harry Potter, for example, and they are looking, you know, this is one of the stories. When, I mean, some children may have read Harry Potter earlier, but this mm -hmm. is the age when they, they, they find it if they yeah. haven't found yeah. it before. Uh, and they, they love these kind of modern stories. Um, because the child is looking for a personality that she or he can relate, can model mm -hmm. themselves to. Like, do I, can I be like that? Or mm -hmm. am I like that? They, they're looking for something like that. Uh, and I'm not saying that before it wasn't the case, but this is clearly the time when they're starting to look for that. For girls, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with girls looking for other girls or boys looking for boys that they can model. No, they're looking for a hero that they can relate into some of their qualities. Mm -hmm. And this is where sagas of any type, and of course the North Gods are sagas. Yeah, right. Uh, but sagas of any time are very important to read and to be told, meaning for the, for the teacher to t uh, tell stories, the sagas, they love it, they just live in it. And of course to read. You know, they mm -hmm. can, you can find books in your classroom yeah. that you can um, provide for the students to read. And if you are a homeschooler parent, you could do that too. And right. you can actually use them uh, for your um, grammar and you know English uh, work. One of the studies that are very important on this age is the study of the animal kingdom in relation to man, mm. to the human being. Mm -hmm. And this is a study, of, part of the studies of the natural sciences, you know. Mm -hmm. And here we look at animals, um, different animals. We, we don't study all the animals because we don't have enough time. You know, you have four right. weeks, you have sure. to do quickly. You got to mm -hmm. find things or synthesize, but at the same time you go deeper into certain ones. So um, we use um, characterizations. And um, what I mean by that is that um, we don't, we characterize, we don't, we don't define. We don't define uh -huh. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because defining things really kills whatever it is you are trying to define. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by saying that it kills is that it, it, when you define something, there is that, and that's the end, because that's right. it. You define right. it. Right. There is no more space for yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, we don't use that. We characterize. So that's a very important point, I think, is. for us as a society. Yeah. And I, I encounter that a lot, because when you, whenever you enter into a conversation with someone about a, a new subject, the first thing they'll do is say, okay, let's define blah. And then we, we start from there. And in a way, we think we're beginning there, but we've really ended instead of just listing some characteristics. But there is no conversation. It's like there is no space mm. when, you and when you characterize, and you can actually think about it. You know, I will give you some examples of characterizations. How do we do it? And we don't do it just on these. We always characterize because we keep this, right. uh, keep, it, keep it inside ourselves, thinking about definition kills things. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and it's not in when somebody will argue and say, well, what do you mean he kills it? Because when you define something, mm. there is no other, you, you, right. you have no discussion. Right. <laughs> and and I found that in my, in my career, that that is something that's also done quite frequently. We define things. And um, on one hand, people like it because it provides comfort. But on the other hand, um, it, it, it doesn't allow for a really open conversation. It doesn't breathe. Yeah. And so if I'm to talk about a particular thing in my profession and I, and I want to just, I, I want you to really understand the, the, the fullness of it and the depth of it, the last thing I want is to define it. And so oftentimes people are looking for me to tell them what to do in, in, as a consultant. And I, I don't make that easier by characterizing this option and characterizing that option and leaving it out there so that they're, in the end they're like, well, what should I do? Well, you know, <laughs> that's not for me to say, so to speak. So it, it keeps it really alive. It's harder though. It's it is very hard. Yeah. It is hard, but in a way, you mind growing up and learning an education that you are characterizing things yeah. and that you learn to right. see things that way right. so that you're, um, just think about it, you're, the image that you create in your imagination is not fixed mm -hmm. right. because it has not been defined. Right. It has been, and, but the characterizations are precise. It's not yeah. like we're just going to, I'm not talking about a you know, sure. wishy-washy things. Sure. No, no, because when you characterize, you have to be yep. very precise, yep. you know? Yep. Gray hair, <laughs> whatever mm -hmm. it is you are describing, it mm -hmm. has to be so that yep. you form a picture mm -hmm. in your mind, mm -hmm. in, your, in your imagination. So that's mm -hmm. what I mean when I say we yep. characterize. Yep. So, um, you know, we describe it. Let's just, that's another word, description. We describe it, mm -hmm. characterize it. Um, we create a space for the imagination to, be, to become alive um, and to have live, alive images. You know, mm -hmm. the images are alive when something is characterized because if you list something as a characterization, you start imagining, oh, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know? And then your imagination, when you draw it, it may look totally different than mm -hmm. what I draw, but it's the same characterization. Right. Meaning you, you included eyes, nose, mouth, whatever it is that mm -hmm. I describe, but what I drew was totally different yeah, than what right, you draw, right. but we're drawing the same thing, mm -hmm. but it's different. Mm -hmm. So you see how it creates this openness for different um, ways of seeing things. Yeah, yeah. You know, we see the same thing, but you see it different mm -hmm. than I see it. Sure. And by describing it, we, oh, wow. Yeah. It opens yeah. it opens perceptions to others. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so... Um, so we look at uh, how animals have specialized in a way, and we haven't really specialized mm -hmm. as humans, but animals have, and um, they are very they are shaped by their environment, and and but and I will give you examples of mm -hmm. what happens, what has happened to their bodies, to their way, the different ways that their their environments have in a way forced them. With this is with a long long time mm -hmm. of existing as species. Yeah they have a specialized. For example, the beaver. The beaver has, there's a, um, an amazing example that Steiner talks about. The beaver has specialized as an architect, as the architect of the animal kingdom, because the, the way that he or she creates this den mm -hmm. is fascinating. 
it's like incredible how they have, you know, no other animal can build it the way that the beaver can and how it goes under and you go in and, and no yeah, predators right. can go in. Mm. And I don't know if you remember mm. when we used to live in New Hampshire. I mean, yeah. in the East Coast, yeah. I mean, the West Coast, Very we don't have beavers, beavers, but in the East Coast, yeah. the, the beavers. Sure. And we used to take, we were homeschooling our daughter and we used to take um, these walks in this place that I don't remember what it was called. And there were beavers and we saw them. And yeah, yeah. the fascination sure. of our daughter, she yeah. was at that time 10, yeah. of seeing not only the den, but to see the beaver, because we would see it working and bringing mm -hmm. the little sticks and how they mm -hmm. were. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's an mm -hmm. example of how an animal has specialized in a way and they have sacrificed other things. You can right. look at their anatomy and you can see how they have adapted their body to meet their environment. Mm. Uh, another example is the dog, for example. The dog, because everybody has a, you know, mm. can can relate to a dog because right. even if you don't have a dog, you can see the neighbor's dog, mm -hmm. how they are driven by their noses. Yeah. You know, the nose, they have a, a long snout and they, everything is with their nose. They touch everything with their nose. You, they recognize, right. you know, uh, the, 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 friends and enemies through their nose. Mm. And of course, within the dog um, species, they are like the sighthounds, which I call sure. that we have one. Right. And they have a mixture of smell and sigh mm -hmm. mi mixed together, but it's, they're usually um, ruled by their nose. Yep. So you could see how in that group of uh, animals, dogs, and dogs are many different kinds of dogs, but in general, they all share that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the snout and what they, you know, what they do with that. Yeah. We don't do that. I mean, mm -hmm. we may have a very strong sense of smell, but not like mm -hmm. the dog. We were just remarking the other day, walking the dog, how he can go forever with his face Down. to the ground. Exactly. Literally on the ground. It's as though he doesn't even have eyes. And I, I, when you think about doing that, it's, it's an interesting um, feeling you get when you think about not looking out and listening, but exactly. smelling your way forward. And that's yeah, what we do in the classroom. We um, go and mimic, you know, mm. be because most animals uh, are on the four, you know, uh, um, you know, they have the four legs, mm -hmm. let's say, on the ground to move. Even gorillas who are, uh, or monkeys, mm -hmm. who actually can work, uh, can walk, uh, a little bit erect, you know, yeah. they don't need to right. be um, like donkeys mm -hmm. or, you know, or right. other animals that need the four legs on the ground. Um, they still need their hands to move, sure. to, yeah. to go. Yeah. So they don't, they don't, so we, without comparing that one is better than the other one, mm -hmm. you move different ways. And mm -hmm. that's how the children experience in their bodies. Yeah. How it is to be a dog? How it is to be a giraffe? How it is it to be whatever it is that mm. we're playing in the in the classroom? Mm. You can use these kind of things at, or at home if you are homeschooling, and and then think of we back we go back to the human being. How do we walk? How do yeah. we do this? How do we and and then you realize how much you you start to realize and not because you are tall but because you experience it. How this thing that we call head sits. Yeah, almost right. like an orbit on top of yeah, our yeah. our our body, and that is almost like a lighthouse, looking and vigilant, 
and of course it thinks and all of that, but it's sitting there. Whereas everything else that moves really comes from our arms, our legs. So you experience all of that, you know, and the middle part is more stationary. Mm. So all of these things are, um, you know, we, yeah. that's what I say, we're, it's, it's not a compare as a better or a worse, but uh, in relationship, mm. animal kingdom in relationship to the human being. Mm. And this develops an amazing, you will be surprised to see the amazing um, a reverence that comes into the child uh, for the animal kingdom and for humans. Mm. There is mm. this sense of, oh, yeah. the, the, the awe of creation, human creation and animal creation, meaning the, 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 yeah. the creatures that, that live on earth are, you know, not just animals, the plants, but also the animals, and then us. And the sense of responsibility that creates without being told that you have to have responsibility for the earth and for the animals, uh, but that we are in a way stewards yeah. of um, the earth yeah. and the animals. We have a responsibility. Yeah. They are our sisters and brothers in a way. Yeah. And, um, and so that is comes not, naturally. One comes naturally when this teach. happens ecology or no you it, just, you, it, it, you, you just thought, you just thought yeah, that yeah, without yeah. having to teach it that way sure. and call it that way in concepts yep. you see the concepts are they come to the heart of the child and mm -hmm. you don't need to teach them reverence or responsibility or stewardship for the earth because they get it yeah right. they get it and it, it comes so yeah uh, natural because yeah. it's, it's, it's sleeping us yeah you know and when you awaken that in this way it is this beautiful, amazing thing to mm. see, to witness. So, um, so that's a huge, as you can tell, a mm. huge piece of um, curriculum, very important curriculum in the fourth grade. And um, another part that is very important in um, fourth grade, and many uh, teachers choose to open their uh, fourth grade with this, is um, the study of the local surroundings, and meaning geography, mm -hmm. local geography, and um, because the children need to develop a sense of where they are in relation to their environment, geographically and socially. Mm. So they also learn the process of map making as part of this local, um, uh, you know, study of geography, and the way that we do it. Um, I remember when I did it, it was so wonderful. Um, we start with immediate and we go out, mm -hmm. almost like you start at the center. Yeah. You know, we have talked about center and periphery. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you go from the periphery in, yeah. meaning whole to parts, and sometimes you go from the center, not necessarily the part, but there's always we do whole to, to parts. Mm. You, we always start with the, mm -hmm. the whole picture. So, but we start sometimes from the center. So in this particular um uh, studies, we started from the center, meaning when we are starting, um, I said, local surroundings, you start from the desk. What's in your desk? Okay. And you look and you start teaching them the air view, meaning mm. uh, the, no air, the bird view. From bird's the eye view. Bird's eye view. Yeah. So like you start because a map is that way. Right. You see it from up, up, down. Right. That's right. a different perspective. We mm. haven't really done things like that. We have done things you know, looking at them like 
front, but not mm -hmm. from above. Okay. So now they're looking at from above. So the way we start before we go into the map making is desk. So mm -hmm. we go, okay, so let's look at the desk. What do you mm -hmm. have in your desk? You, you put little things. You can even do in the desk, um, you go to the uh, directions. You can start with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I started with that. I started the directions with, with a poem, a verse uh, about, you know, the north, the south, the east and the west. And then move the body when we say the thing so that the child is starting to orient themselves mm -hmm. through what size, how does it work? You know, mm -hmm. we work with things with compass, all of that stuff we can use. And it, it does to the discretion of the teacher, but there's so much that you can yeah, do on right. that on that particular uh, block. But anyways, the the part about the map making and the starting with the desk is that you see it from above. So you mm -hmm. draw the map in your book. Once you're starting first, you put all your little materials mm -hmm. and you look at you, you stand on the on the chair up mm -hmm. and you're looking from up mm -hmm. and you look, oh my God, can you imagine all everybody? It, yeah. Oh, they love yeah. it. And you stand up and you look at it and you organize your whole mm -hmm. thing to be able to see mm -hmm. it. And then you decide, that's what I'm going to draw. Gotcha. And then you draw it. Hmm. But then you have to draw from your mind because you need to, you need your space on your, on your desk <laughs> mm -hmm. to draw. You know, mm -hmm. you have to put your book. So anyway, so that mm. is incredible how they and the stuff that they come up and how mm. and, then you, mm. and we give them a lot of time for them to to experience that. And then, of course, you go, like I said, from centered out. So yeah. you do the desk then you do the classroom, mm -hmm. then you do the classroom. So if you will be homeschooling, you will do the class, the desk, the classroom, their home classroom or whatever it is that they study. Mm. And then you will do the house and then you will go into the neighborhood. And then, and you of course will walk around. Yeah. So all of these are experiential. It's not that you just sit on a chair and a desk and you just do those make up whatever. No, 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 no. We go and we do it. Like when we uh, were homeschooling in the house. I don't know if you remember. We went and, and we were gonna um, uh, draw the uh, uh, make a blueprint of a map of our home and our mm, land. Right. We went up the roof of our house, right, right, right. And we started, and we brought our sketchbooks, and we said, "Okay, so here is north, here is south, here is west, here is east. What is in where? What tree? How many?" We took notes of all of that, mm. and then, of course, I then did it in the blackboard, yeah. a little map like that. But then uh, our 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 child uh did his own you know he copied but he did his own mer version he yeah. added things that he that i have perhaps missed like the chickens or yeah, something, right, right, right. something. <laughs> uh and that's how the children yeah, are too okay. you know you make the steal the drawings in the classroom and they um copy that but they little add, add the little version. things that yeah. oh you forgot this and what about the flowers we didn't mm. put the flowers mm. or whatever it is that they see you know and each child will notice things that others don't as we are right, all that right, way right. so that is so rich yeah. and then you study you know again the, you go to the neighborhood so you walk around you mm. see how many blocks or whatever and then you do a little map mm. seeing it from above so it's always teaching them to see it from above so from you have above, to really yeah. go oh wow we gotta yeah. see okay so see how many houses whatever mm. so they learn to do that and then of course you um go to city then yeah and we live in seattle so mm. we went uh and that's up and you know I, I had a few kids so i went to the um 
Space Needle. But you are, there are other places in Seattle that you can go for yeah, free. Right. Uh, but we just went there. And oh, that was like mind blowing mm. for, you know, for, and then we came to the, to the, you know, classroom. And then the next day we worked on the map for Seattle. And then you can do the state. The mm. next um, year you will study the country. You will mm -hmm. do the map for that. But that for this year, yeah. so we go that way. And that's what I mean by local surroundings because we are focusing from my immediate situation right. and we go out Expanding but out. we yeah. only go out until our own local thing because yes of course the child understands the country but that's not where they're at now yeah right and and then we also look at oh what kind of soil do we have what kind of veggies can we plant because the veggies that we plant here we cannot plant somewhere else yeah and all of that yeah. that could be so rich in pickup in fifth grade, mm -hmm. when you are focused on your on your own thing here, it mm. could be much more richer, you know. So anyway, so that is another huge mm. uh, block uh, for um, mapping fourth grade Geog because map yeah. geography is a huge map making. Mm. Um, so and then math is another big one because math. Uh, like I said, all grades, every single grade, there's so many beautiful things happening. And I think the beauty beauty on this is that because it's, again, uh, guided by the soul development and the human development, that it meets all of these little riches. Mm -hmm. all of the, you, you find all of these jewels in each grade. Yeah, yeah. So in math, we study fractions. Mm. This is a huge piece in fractions. And we here do... We take again the unit as we did in first grade. Remember that I talked to you about we starting with a unit. So we we start with a unit and we see how it gets split up from the whole. What happens from the whole? And then of course this is incredible because you can use so many eating things. <laughs> you can do pizzas yeah, right, right, and right. you can make them and you can cut them and you yeah. can have so much fun right. and you can do it with apples, you can do it with oranges, you can do it with cookies and you will see after you have learned this what happens in the classroom with the children, everything they get from from to eat for lunch, mm -hmm. they will split it up and say, oh, I have one fourth, I have yeah, one this, right. you know, and they will right. talk about these yeah. things and it's beautiful to see. Yeah. But anyway, so... Uh, and the fascinating thing at this age, when they when we study fractions, is that they are blown away when they realize that the denominator, the bigger the denominator, the smaller the fraction. They cannot believe mm. it. Like mm. one sixteenth is less than a fourth. Mm -hmm. yeah, one yeah, fourth, yeah. because yeah, they see one sure. fourth. And yeah. they have learned that four is less than right. 16. So for them to think that the number 16 is actually less yeah, than right. the number four that is at yeah. the, and, at the bottom. Hmm. But you see, you, 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 they see this through experience sure. because, you know, you can do this with clay. You can use, I did this, this thing with uh, paper. We cut it, we did like a circle, and then we cut it, and then we cut it on all the pieces, and you then you put it together like like uh, puzzles, and then we glue them, and then we put the numbers. You can do many different things. Mm. But I used, like to use clay um, because it's very kinesthetic and you're very sensorial. Mm -hmm. You know, for some yeah. children, they really need to get in their yeah. bodies, yeah, you know, right. and especially because math is one of those topics 
that create a lot of blocks yeah. in children at yeah. an early age. And fractions is pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like I said to you, they're like, what? How could it be one sixteenth? Yeah. It's less than one eighth or one fourth. Yeah, right, right. You know, they just can't until yeah. they see it. Yeah. And they go, ah. Oh. Mm. When they start putting the little pieces of pie together or something, you mm. know. Uh, and, and usually to cut a round thing is easier to to match them together when you mm -hmm. see the, the fourth and the, the half. So you will go one, then half then a quarter, then an mm. eighth, and a sixteenth, and then you can see how it gets smaller and smaller, and the same thing when you do it in a clay. Like mm. if you do a ball, like a, you know, a, a, a round ball, a three-dimensional ball in a clay form, and you cut it, yeah, and right, you do it right, in right. all the right. parts, and then you put it together, and you separate it. So it's mm. like a little, mm. a three-dimensional puzzle, yeah, you know, it's cool. very, very good for them. Yeah. And you can write it on the clay with a toothpick, yeah. you know, the numbers, yeah. you know, mm. one-sixteenth or whatever. Mm. So that's really neat and they they love it and that will be like hours and hours mm. of entertaining and oh let me see yours and all of that you know and we allow that we have the um a times when we do group uh work mm -hmm. you know meaning two or three work together and we play it for a, a moment where the kids do all of that we always do or games or things mm. like that um and you know, and it's interesting because if you really think about it, um, these can be also awakened in a way that has nothing to do with math when you teach embryology in tenth grade, mm. which I'm I'm doing, doing you know right now. now. Yeah, and you can see what the, what happens in the cell at the cell level, yeah. how the the cell level when you mm. are um, when a baby, when a human being is growing, it goes from a uni. Mm you know, dimensional mm -hmm. cell sure. that has been already, the egg that has been fertilized or the zygote, it goes into multiplying, dividing into two, right. then four, then and then it keeps Eight. dividing yeah. and what happens? Uh, uh. And then you see in a way, huh, that the mm. human being does that, yeah. these divisions. Interesting. And so even if you don't awaken the, the, the student at 10th grade, one of them may go, huh, it's like fractions. <laughs> you know something you know yeah. and so it's it's interesting how everything is you can connect it even from something that you learn at the beginning at fourth grade and you use these um like i said clay things you can yeah. do it at the, you can bring the same uh activity when you're in 10th grade and divide it they have them experience mm. how did you divide uh, how this i mean no you the the actual body the cells divide themselves when they are the human being is mm. forming, forming. Yeah. yeah in english we have uh, we study, like I said, the stories and the sagas, mm -hmm. um, in always in poetic form mm. or in reading. And this, in uh, this year, we focus on um, simple narrations. You know, composi simple compositions, still based on narrations, mm -hmm. and it has to do with the child's own um, real experiences mm -hmm. or from uh, the stories that we have been told. The teacher usually makes a, a summary. And they still are mm -hmm. copying uh, from what, but it's always narrations and things that are coming from 
the real experience and stories being told in the classroom are real experience mm -hmm. you know discussions right. and things right. um uh, the child at this age be, is becoming very very aware of the beauty of language mm. and so this is a very important age to culture that to culture um mm. good writing and cultivate uh, the beauty and writing in the styles of writing. Hmm. And they are really interested in that. This is an, an, a good time where kids could do a pen pal. The teacher uh, can yeah, choose okay. to do pen pal. Mm -hmm. I did pen pal in Spanish, you oh, know, nice. yeah. and you can do, um, you know, as a class, you can teach. Uh, I mean, you can work on your um, Spanish and writing and then the kids, you can do a pen pal with, another country that has um, students who are practicing their English. And so th th these kind of things are wonderful. But of course you can do pain pals with, I mean, our daughter did that, um, with uh, senior home cares, mm -hmm. you know, where you go and you yeah. can just send letters to the seniors or uh, with another school, that another fourth grade, mm -hmm. another Walter school, another school, they can do this. And I'm not saying that they haven't written letters before, but this is a little more direct, a little more, you are, it has an objective. And so this is very important. And mm. then they work on what to say, how to say yeah. it, what, how do yeah. they want to explain mm. something, things like that. So they, they and they really like this, yeah. this kind of thing. Nice. Um, and this is also important, um, that gr grammar. Grammar is important, Steiner tells us, because it brings uh, in the ego, the higher consciousness of the human being. So grammar in all languages, this is what it does, not just in the English, of course. Uh, grammar brings this, you know, ego, many people see ego as a negative thing, you yeah, know, they lower just, ego. Yeah, right. But I'm talking about the higher consciousness yeah. of the human being. Yeah. So it brings this, this sense of... Uh, uh, this this part of us who is higher, who is um, more uh, divine. Yeah, in I a think way. The, the what the Freudian definition or Jung of ego was like the the lower part of us. So it's a little and, and confusing. It, and it but, is, yeah. it is. I mean, there is the lower ego and the higher ego. Right. You right, know, so but, that is but, a part of us yeah, that is to be that, clear. Yeah, you're it, referring to the, to the higher, higher self, the higher, the higher self yeah. of the human being. Yeah. Um. You know, um, Marjorie spoke, I think I, sp I spoke about her uh, when we were talking, um, I think it was in second grade. Um, she, um, I love that she gives this image of um, the forms of speech. You know, she says um, for the nouns, writing nouns gray, in, in the nouns in, in fourth grade, they, she, she talks about them as the sculptures, mm -hmm. the architects of the sentence. And then for the adjectives, they're the painters. Mm. And the verbs are the dramatists, the actors, uh -huh. you know, because mm -hmm. it's the action, yeah, yeah, right, you know, yeah. like running or whatever, yeah, or yeah. laughing, they're yeah. the actors on the thing. So this, this puts like an amazing mm -hmm. uh, image sure. in the children, yeah. and yeah. they remember that. Mm -hmm. Instead of making like the sand, uh, the noun yeah, is this yeah, yeah, and yeah. that, you know, which Person you can still, you can still <laughs> learn it, but, sure, but sure, this sure, sure. makes it like really yeah. fun, right, you know? Right. So I, I always love that that image when I um, learned this through her uh, many years ago. And just to maybe conclude, mm. I don't know if you have any questions, but I just wanted to say that another project that can be done during these um, years, which is 
amazing. And you can do it whether you are a teacher in a class or in a or at home, is quilting. Mm-hmm. Okay. A quilting yeah. project is amazing because you can actually, as we talk about uh, um, the fractions, this could even be done after you have done the fractions or while you're doing sure, the fractions sure, sure. Uh, because they already understand this concept. They already the, understand yeah, this yeah. concept. And of course, let's say that you have, you are in a class, each child, you can design how they, the teacher can say, okay, we're going to do it this way because otherwise it will become like, too complicated mm-hmm. they're they're still small um you can decide the motives and motifs, um, yeah. the motifs yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. and um and then have um so the children can design their own little and they can draw it you can give them up i mean they're mm-hmm. amazing you can do they already know measurements because we learned that in third grade so you can just give them an example in the in, in the blackboard of you know we're gonna do them you know this amount by you know the length and the width mm-hmm. of the square mm-hmm. is gonna be like that you can make them squares and each child is in charge of a square yeah and you can tell them you know it's gonna have this so they have to have some guidelines of what right, needs to be right, in there right, but right. they could be their own sure. creators of their sure. square mm-hmm. and then later they put them together yeah i remember those are beautiful beautiful quilts yeah i remember you know not only for our kids at that age but the other kids in the school as they were going through yeah. making these gorgeous quilts, which were oftentimes, you know, auctioned off, Auction off. For, to yeah. help the school. For the school. It was beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. And yeah. this is a, a collaboration of yeah. a class, if yeah. you have a class. And if you are doing a homeschooling, it's a collaboration of your children. If you have uh, two or three that you're teaching, or mm. even if it's just one child, yeah. you can do it between you and the child. Yeah. And yeah. then divide the, the uh, and see, and then beautiful it yeah. just brings alive uh the learning and also putting together everything you can even pick to make a quail of your local um uh, themes in your local area mm. like like we did the quail for i mean our son did the quail for the uh, native americans who live yeah, right. in this area yeah, because we right. are in seattle and you know the motifs of uh, the different animals yeah. that they use in their carvings, and then yeah. we we focus on yeah. the animals because that was the animal yeah, kingdom, and nice. yeah. so that was beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And they absolutely loved. It. Sure, they were sure. so engaged. Yeah, they wanted more qu- more squares. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> more squares. That. That was great. So anyway, so I hope yeah, that yeah, this yeah, is yeah, helpful. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, for anybody who listens to it, whether yeah. it is a teacher, old teacher, new teacher, yeah. or a parent who's looking for ideas for sure. their homeschooling. Sure, yeah. And they're all out there. People in Waldorf programs looking to understand a little bit more. Lots of people these days um, trying to maybe take up the, the homeschooling uh, challenge. Yeah, it is so, a challenge, yeah. but it's a beautiful challenge yeah. Yeah. that will... Um, enrich your lives and mm. also enrich um, uh, your children because yeah. they have an opportunity to learn to, um, in a way, at an early age, that you can um, be a, a self learner yep. through your entire life. Yep. And to, because being a homeschooler is, is not easy, you right. have to have a lot of will and discipline. And at the same time, you have to be very flexible. Yeah. So, and creative to adjust your uh, lifestyle and mm-hmm. make sure that you actually, the children are learning. Yeah. And that they are engaged. Yeah. 
So, anyways, yeah, is, is a lot both of challenges. Ways, uh, yeah. But like any big responsibility you take on, I don't, don't can't think of one that I've ever regretted. You know, yeah, take take it on. It's yeah, a lot of work, but it's worth it. But it's worth it. Yeah. Everything, even whether you teach, also. A lot of people say that being a world of teacher has a, you need a lot of courage to be a world of teacher. True. So that is, true. yeah. Yeah. To do it well. Yeah. Right. To do it yeah. well. Good. Well, thank you. Thank All you. Right. We'll thank you again. Pick it up next time at yeah. fifth grade. Fifth grade. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anthroposophy Today. Check the episode description for a link to the blog post for this episode where you'll find additional content. If you have any questions or feedback, send us an email at anthroposophytodaypodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at www.anthroposophytoday.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.